This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets etc. podcast. And what means always my buddy, but pal, the man with the plan, the one and only John Malika. John, I don't know about you, bro, but I needed this weekend break. I needed this weekend break because after last week's performance from the New York Knicks, I legit don't know if I've been able to live. I, I tweeted out on Saturday or Sunday, I forget what day it was. I was like, thank goodness the Knicks haven't played because it's been good for my blood pressure. I've been going crazy. That Charlotte game on Friday. I was going nuts, dude. The, the, when it came down to the wire, just going insane. But thank God they had two days off. Unless you're a Jets fan, then uh, I don't know. Yeah, wasn't too great either. I feel I feel the complete opposite. Honestly, I'm, really? I'm the type of I'm the type of guy who I want to I want I want the next game. Like I I need to recover from that last next game and. The last thing I needed was a Jets game in between. Okay. <laughs> of this Knicks drought. So honestly, I'm on a total opposite rig. I'm so happy the Knicks are back. We have a nice little mini homestand. And they're against some familiar foes, right? Like the, the Pacers, the Magic mm-hmm. again. And then, you know, the the crump, can I say like the crummy rockets? Like we we, we should, we'll get there when we get there, but we should be able to handle these three teams. We have a lot to prove. And, you know, as I was telling you off air and, you know, as we've been talking, dude, I feel like this team has cement attached to their feet, just especially during the third quarter. But just like as soon as they start this game, I just feel like we're going to lose. We just have those types of vibes. So I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I'm ready for this week. I'm ready for the homestand. All right. All right. So let's get into this then. And let's bring our let's bring our good guest that we got with us today. All right. We got a guest for, uh, from Pick a Side Podcast. His name is Joel Moran. He's one of the co-hosts of Pick a Side Podcast. Fun stuff over there. If you guys haven't checked it out, make sure to go check out that YouTube channel. Make sure to follow them on TikTok. They have really engaging content. They get into really good debates. I, get, I just get sucked in. The one that I do have a gripe, though, is with the Derek Rose slander. I will not take Derek Rose in the teeth. All right. I saw we'll that one. There. Don't we'll think get you're going to get out of here without a, a live without that one. But Joel, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. I was surprised you weren't going to mention the Clay Thompson one because Draymond had a gripe with that one. Yeah, he commented He commented on it. He was like, get these clowns out of here. It's all good. But I'm, I'm doing I'm doing great. This is uh, the third time we try to set this up. But now I'm in the fancy setup. I'm, I'm, I'm in uh, my my brother's dungeon in his gaming room. So I think it's, it's going to work out just great. All right. All right. And for just for everyone, just to get a little background, we, you know, it's not that we tried many weeks to schedule this podcast to get it going legit in this day within the last 20 minutes, we tried not one, not two, not three. We tried like four or five times to get this thing going. We went on the five count, like LeBron James going down to the Miami heat saying how many rings they were supposed to win, which they didn't, but we're not going to go there today. Anyway, Joel, we got you on here because you're also a Knicks fan like us. You're also a Jets fan like us, but we're not going to talk about that team because, look, for for the heart and soul, 
We, we got to <laughs> save that for. <laughs> we got to recover. We got to recover. So no, no jet. Right no jets talk today. No, we're gonna get there at the end. We're gonna get there. We, we, we can do a little bit, but we're not gonna go too deep. I can't go too deep again. That, that's what we're that, that we'll that's saving that. for another day. But we're gonna talk about the New York Knicks, man. And the, right now, you know, the New York Knicks they're seven and six. Came out of the gate hot. Last week, as I as I already mentioned to John, and, and you were listening, we've been going through a little struggle, a little bit of a struggle this past week. So so let's get into it. Knicks going to going to a little struggle. You know, we we won against Philadelphia. We thought we can get uh, another game against the Bucks. That didn't happen. Hornets didn't happen. Uh, now they had two days off. Now they're playing the Indiana Pacers as we speak. But Joel, what would you see from the past week, man? What would you see uh, from the Knicks so far? I just saw a lot of inconsistency. I feel like the Knicks, there are certain quarters where they just don't bring any energy at all. We've been seeing the past week of the bench has been outplaying the starters drastically. Our starter, our starting five of RJ, Kemba, Fournier, Randall, Mitch, they're the worst starting five in terms of plus minus in the league right now. We're not playing defense. At least the starters aren't playing defense. And it, it starts with Thibodeau. It starts with Randall. And then it trickles down to everybody else. And I know that Julius Randle gets all the blame and deservedly so. He's an all NBA player, even though I felt like second all NBA second team. Did we actually think Randle was that type of player? I'm not sure. That's a debate for another day. But I think the Kemba Walker signing is kind of biting us in the butt right now. He, He does. Kemba Walker doesn't look like himself. And those 20 points per game he averaged in Boston fooled me. I'll say I was fooled by Kemba. I thought he was going to be much better, but he's not aggressive right now. And I hope that he just figures it out. And then RJ, he's been averaging eight points in the last four games. I mean, it's about time. I know like his rookie season, his second season, we gave RJ a pass every single time he went through a funk because he was young and he's still young, but this is his third season. We're seeing his peers outperform him. We're seeing Darius Garland bring it every single night for Cleveland. We're seeing Miles Bridges, who's, who just has one year more of experience on RJ, become an all-star caliber player and consistent on every single night. We saw a great stretch from RJ, but he needs to continue that and I worry about his inconsistency sometimes because sometimes he just disappears from the game. All right. Coming out of the gates hot, hot and heavy. John, what do you what do you what do you think? Do you have anything to to, to yeah, what, yeah. what do you want to do before yeah, we really well, get into this before I get my start giving my thoughts? Well, I don't I, I don't know where I should start because uh, I, I mean we could we could start with Kemba, right? I mean that's the that's the hot topic right now. Sure. You know. I, I don't think anyone was fooled uh, from what he did in Boston, which is why he was, you know, bought out and signed for six million dollars mm-hmm. for two years. Right. So I don't I don't think that he, he was he was coming in here to be our, you know, number one starter going forward. I'm actually surprised that he's been active, you know, as many games as he's been active and kind of starting and ready to play the minutes that he's ready to play. I'm not too shocked that he can't play defense. Right. That we all knew that going into it. I'm not shocked that Derek Rose can't play defense. Like we don't have a a, a, a point guard that can play D. I'm actually, you know, pleasantly surprised and not shocked at all by IQ kind of bringing it. 
but that's that we'll, we'll get into that later. But just as for Kemba, I mean, the last couple of games, he's been trying to bring it in the first quarter after obviously he sucked, like by his own words, he sucked, right? Let's not mince words for, for the first couple of games. And he, he's starting to bring it the other day. He had 20 points in the first, but he's not going to hold that up through the whole game. So if Kemba Walker could have a burst or two per game and act as a quote unquote bench player, even though he's starting, not Alfred Payton minutes, like 12, but more like 20. You know what I mean? And just like fill in that kind of role. That'd be fantastic. But I don't think the issue is Kemba. Like, I, I I think it's easy to just like blame him because we just never had a point guard. So we'll just like look at the point guard and be like, listen, we you're not doing it. And we, <laughs> we you're still not filling those shoes. I, I, I don't think it's really fair for you to compare RJ to Miles Bridges like are you really uh, are you really on the Miles Bridges train like he literally uh, he had a, he had a couple weeks <laughs> like like let's take it easy like I I I know I like him I I I'm with you but let's just take it easy on that and I, I'm not happy with RJ too I'm not giving him uh, a pass necessarily but I just think the Knicks issues go way deeper what do you guys think so to to get into it I <sighs> I, I'm on the side where I'm not looking at Kemba that much because I look at Kemba's contract and I look at where Kemba's coming from, right? We know he had arthritis in the knee. We know that if he can get, this is kind of like what we got with Derrick Rose the first time around, right? With that with that trade, you're like, oh, okay. We got Derrick Rose for one year, cheap contract. If he works out, he works out. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Now, in this situation, we're not going to get an wall from Kemba uh, as we did from Derrick Rose that season. Derrick Rose was just mentally not in it that season. Kemba, I'm looking at him to be, if I'm blaming Kemba, it's because I wish he was more aggressive those games, being a point guard and actually distributing the ball and facilitating the offense. Because as we got from Stefan Bondi today, from the Daily News, we saw that Thibodeau was letting these guys freelance, which usually if you have good players, if you have top caliber players, you can allow them to freelance. Listen, drop, can, I just, drop, can I just say something about that? What this whole Thibodeau is making them freelance, bro. I've been telling you from day one, he does not have an offense. He's just like, yo, you figure it out. He's been doing this from day one. He's been a coach. He's like, yo, I play, I coach defense, offense, you figure it out. As That's right what now, he does, man. That's what he well, does. As of right now, they got some good sets, and it's not necessarily him, right? It's also Johnny Bryant. There's a whole coaching staff, so other guys can draw it up, and that's who's probably leaning on for them to draw up the plays. And so as, as of right now, the offense looks a little bit more crisp because they actually are getting into sets and doing something, and no one's just trying to figure out on their own and allowing Julius Randle to be this point forward. But for Kemba, I'm not too – I'm not too – I want. I just want Kemba to be – aggressive. So that's where I'll agree with Joel. It's like, I want Kemba to be aggressive. I don't think he was the worst sign. I think for getting a point guard for 8 million, 8 million a year uh, to play 20 minutes and just hoping that we can get something for him. I think that's fine. If you're going to ask me who I'm going to look at more so, it's probably Evan Fournier who gets paid a lot more and we need him to yeah. die, just be just uh, a little. That's who fooled us. It's yeah, that's the guy who needs to come out, in my opinion, start putting up some shots because he's supposed to be our other shooter. He's playing a premier position. He's playing the wing. He's got a guard, guys. I knew this coming in. He wasn't, he's not the, he's a team defender. He's not a on ball defender and he's not even doing team ball. Well, all right. He's not shooting his shots. He's being timid. A lot of pump fakes and passing, shoot the damn thing. Let it fly. <laughs> got to do that. And getting to RJ, I agree with you, Joel. I'm not going to, I'm going to agree with both of you. Like I don't, I'm not going to compare miles bridges. It's still early in the season for me to start saying, Oh, what, what about this guy? What about that guy? But RJ, he's in his third season. He needs to get more consistent. But I'm going to go back to saying that 
if they're allowing these guys to freelance, and most of these guys are not freelance ball players, we're going to see a lot of these guys just struggle because that's just not who they are. Like they are these guys from come from very strict, rigid systems, whether it's Kentucky, Duke, these guys have plays. These guys have coaching that's saying, this is what you do, do it. This is not LeBron James, Dwayne Way, like, eh, you guys got it, right? Go figure it out. It's a joke with Fisdale, but we're not going to go down that road. That's a good point. And, and then for, um, and then what was it, Randall? I think he was deserving of that second, that sec, uh, second All NBA. I think he played his heart out to, go, sure. to go get it. To go get it. Um, he just regressed a little bit. I think. I think. Yeah, I think it, right, Joel. He regressed a little bit to, to, to the somewhere between where we wanted to cut him and trade him for uh, nobody, uh, and then uh, <laughs> Buddy healed, baby. Buddy healed. We wanted Buddy uh, healed, then, right? <laughs> but somewhere between that and all of a sudden, he's the best player in the league. Yeah. Like somewhere, yeah. somewhere in the middle. And, and you know, um, you you made an excellent point about Tom Thibodeau and the teams that he's had. He doesn't have an offensive system. When he was in Chicago, Derrick Rose was that, that go-to scorer. When he was in Minnesota, Jimmy Butler, Cat, and even Wiggins to an extent, they were those go-to scorers. I don't think outside of Julius Randle, we really have that. Like we hope that RJ can be that, but he just has to be more consistent. He had two points in like 28 minutes. I mean, like, I come know. on, come on. Like, I come know. on. I, I just, even his big games, even his big games where he does well, he had like four points in the first, in the, in the first half. Yeah. And then he, and then he had to do with 26. Look, he, he picked it up, but still dude, you can't just be walking out there with two points. Like you said. Yeah. Like the thing with RJ is that one game he'll go eight for 13, have like 22 points. Then the next game he'll go two for nine and be really inefficient. And look, I know the Knicks, we are the best fans and we have the most passionate fan base. And because of our emotions, because of our passion, we kind of say a, a lot of outlandish things sometimes. Julius Rando, no doubt about it, deserved all NBA second team. Last year when he was on the hot streak, it was just after he dropped 30 on Atlanta in the regular season. I'm watching I'm watching the game with my cousin and we're just talking about players and I just asked him because he was a huge Julius guy. He was like, yo, I think Julius can be the best player on a championship team or the second best. And I'm looking and I'm looking at him like, I'm like, do you think he's better than Trey Young? He looked at me with a straight face and said, I do. And then we got to the playoffs and we saw what Trey Young did, a, a primetime performer and Trey Young, what he did. And Julius Randle, you're right. You made an excellent point. He's not what he was in, in the 1920 season when he was, we wanted him off the team, but he's not what he was so far yet last season. He's not hitting his mid-range shots with consistency. He's dropped down in three-point percentage, and he's frankly turning the ball over way too much. And on defense, he's not showing much effort. I, I saw a chart that in terms of our like effort stats, Julius Randle barely boxes out. I mean, he's not, he hasn't been the same player that he was last season. Yeah, no, for sure. He hasn't been that same player that he was from last season. That's kind of where I'm where I'm at, too. And like after watching the Hornets game, you know, and he's been at he's at the forefront, as he should be, because he's the cat. I don't know if he's actually been designated the captain, but he is the leader of the team. He's the money man. He's a hundred million dollar man. You know, he, he carried us through last season. He's going to be the face of this team until someone else usurps him and becomes better. But when you're at the podium and you say, we got to come out with more energy, and especially when it's a third quarter, John's favorite quarter, third quarter, 
you gotta you gotta show it. You gotta put your money where your mouth is. You gotta actually do it. I'm getting tired of that. I'm I'm legit getting tired of just mouth service saying, all right, we gotta we gotta play with energy. All right, come out in the first quarter playing with energy. And he was doing good. He wasn't scoring, he was facilitating. Then the third quarter comes around, everyone just looks tired, man. It's look, everyone got itis. You know, they just went in there, had a big meal coming out on the court, just ready to just take a nap. And I'm tired of that. I'm legitimately tired of that. If they're gonna say you gotta play with effort, come out and play with effort. That's what this team is built on. That is what the New York Knicks history is built on. Being tough, being gritty, going on 120%, 48 minutes, night in and night out. It's none of this half-ass shit that we've been getting. And I'm like, if, if anything has got to be held accountable, he's got to be held accountable because he's the leader. If he's not boxing out, if he's not running back on court because he's been doing the, the trotting back, it's not real, man. It's like, you got to be better. <laughs> Okay, uh, I I agree with definitely. There's an effort all around on the Knicks. Like, so I'm not going to pinpoint that on Julius. But let's dissect the, like what what you said about Julius Randle because as we know and as we agree, we live and die by Julius Randle. That's it. Where he takes us, that's where the Knicks are going to go. So let's talk about you know the box out and 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 what's behind him, right? The, the 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 only purpose of the number of the five is whether it's Mitchell Robinson, whether it's, you know, uh, Noel, Sims, Taj Gibson, any of them. They don't do anything except for get rebounds and play defense. So if they're not doing that and now we're just going to blame it on Julius and say, look at your stats, man. And like you're not. He's like, yeah, like that's not my job. Like, you know, you know, you know, what I'm trying to say, I know everything's a team effort, but everyone has a role. And so Mitch has his moments and I, I, again, I'll say this. Mitch has his games. He's had some good games and Taj Gibson has had some moments, but other than that, our, our number five has been terrible. And on the other side of things where I think Joe, where Randall is reverting a little bit more back to 1920 and we're getting a little bit of those flashbacks. We're asking him to be the hero. So when we're stagnant and we can't get anything going because there's no, there's nothing going on in the offense. RJ is two for nine. Like you said, you know, our point guard's not doing anything. Our center doesn't do anything on offense. Like that's it. <laughs> you know, now it's just Randall. Now we just pass it to Randall. Like, yo, figure it out, man. And if he's not hitting it now, we're now, now we're pissed off. Every miss is now a turnover. So I, I think we're a little bit not fair and we can see Thibodeau trying to figure it out. So I, I, I want I want to get to like we were talking about this last week, Alex, and it was so funny. We talked about it and it seems so far fetched. And then it, we literally saw it play out. And it's what's going to what are we going to do with OB, man? Like, are we going to try to put OB in at the five? Are we going to put him in at the three? Are we going to put him at the four and move Julius to the five? And I'm wondering if this whole mix up has everything to do with why, you know, the chemistry is not really there, right? The first, every time we lose, it's why isn't OB in there? He was doing fine. You know what I'm saying? There's always like a little, there's always like a, a weird thing going on, a weird dynamic. So the chemistry is not really there on and off the court, maybe, you know, in, in these terms. So I'm wondering what you guys think about that. I think that we're still trying to figure out our roles. Like you mentioned, Mitchell Robinson, Noel Gibson, their job is to play defense and grab rebounds. That's what their job is. When talking about the offense side of the ball, I know offense isn't our problem. It's it's defensively. But when you look at the offensive side of the ball, who's our number two guy? Who's our who's our number two guy? 
it's really just Julius. And then, okay, if it's Fournier one night, it's him. If it's Kemba, it's him. If it's RJ, it's him. We were all hoping that RJ was going to take this third year leap and he was going to solidify himself as the guy. Like, okay, th I'm the second option and we're going to play through Julius and me. But we're starting to notice that RJ isn't much of an offensive creator. And the reason why we got Fournier and Kemba was because Last year, RJ was horrible in pick and roll situations. He shows flashes of passing, but it's just not consistent. So we don't have a solidified number two guy. And most of our team, our starting lineup is built off of rhythm players. They have to get into a rhythm offensively for them to show up on other parts of the game. When Julius is not touching the ball on offense, now it translates to the defensive side of the ball. RJ had a great start defensively to the season, but... We've seen he's a good defender, but is is he this all NBA elite Lugans Dort type of defender where he's going <laughs> to lock players up? He's not that. RJ is just a solid defender. And Fournier, if he's not scoring, if he's not involved in the offense, if he's not spacing the floor, he brings nothing on defense. And Kemba, we know he's a cone on defense. So at this point, it's like when they're not getting going <laughs> offensively, defensively the effort isn't there either and we're counting on Mitchell Robinson to kind of pick up the scraps and there are very few centers that are capable of making up for ever for the other four players mistakes on a defensive side of ball and the only the only two centers I could think of defensively that do that are Rudy Gobert and Bam Adebayo outside of those two guys I can't think of another center that is capable of doing that what do you think, what do you think about Clint Capella I'm just curious <laughs> Clint Capella has been bad this year. Yeah. He's in bad. Well, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. You can't bring up that. I like him a lot. I, I let you go. I let you go on one thing. Trey Young's also been bad. I let that slide. <laughs> but like, yeah, he's, yeah. He, the, the Hawks have been terrible. Like, everyone's ragging on the Knicks. Uh, I mean, it, it, if we're able to put, put this homestand together, I think our whole entire outlook is going to look crazy. I think. Us criticizing RJ for having a bad week in November is going to look crazy. I think yeah. that, you know, all of a sudden not trusting Randall and thinking that he's bad all of a sudden after like we like sort of confessed and repented for our sins, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, for what we did. We we're like, we're so sorry. Unblock us this, that. We're like, you're the best. Here's a contract. We're so sorry. And now all of a sudden after one or two weeks, we're like, yo, Randall, we're done with you. You suck. Figure it out. Like, I, I'm just, I don't know. I just have this feeling that we're just going to put it all together. But my question is, guys, is where does Obi fit on this team? So let's get into it then, right? Because we're going to talk, we, we, you know, it's been alluded to that even in today's article by Seven Body, which again, if rotational, there will be rotational changes, right? And I think when we think of rotational changes, number one person, one of the top people we're thinking about is Derek Rose, Manuel Quickly, and Obi Toppin, right? And I think Obi Toppin is at number one at that at the list because we've seen him in his spurts, whether it's 10, 11, 15 minutes. He comes in, brings a lot of energy. He's ready to defend his ass off. He's ready to run up and down the court, whether the ball's in his hand or not, just leaking out, looking to get slam dunks. Well, that windmill dunk had me wild against Charlotte that on Friday. I was, I was, I jumped out of my seat. I was like, yo, that's what we need. That's the energy. And then he gets pulled down. And you're like, what the hell? And that's the reason is because what the hell is usually Randall coming in because he's supposed to be the guy that takes us all the way to the finish line and closes. 
But the way Obi has been playing, you need to find this guy more minutes. I don't know if it's a true rotational change as into a starting lineup, but we have to figure out minutes. And this is where I say you got to figure out minutes. It's hard because Thibodeau, once again, keeps saying that he's not going to take out the centers because he wants the rim protection. Although I wish he would do it for a spurt and get these guys just overlapping on a court because I think when you get Obi on the court, there's just that dynamic nature that we just lack, whether it's just pushing the ball on court. And when you have a 6'9 dude who can just bring up the ball, and you're like, whoa, what is this? And it All just right, changes so everything. Is I would Randall like going to be Obi. like Draymond? Is like like Joel's boy Draymond? Is he gonna play that five role? That because <laughs> because that that almost has nothing to do with Obi. We know that Obi is 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 good at the four. So everything you're saying is perfectly fine. But then it goes to can Randall be the five? Now we're putting him out of position. Like we no, just saw him. But we're not ahead. though because we've seen this in the past, especially when he's on the Pelicans and even parts of the on the Lakers. He can play the five, especially when it comes to small ball five. This wouldn't be anything new for him. He's been able to play in the block and has done well before. He's been close to a double-double machine on those two teams, especially when he was in New Orleans before he came to New York, playing at that five. So he can do it, right? And I think he can, especially when you look at other opposing centers for that just come in that sub other guys out. They're usually on the smaller size. They're not 6'10 guys usually. And I think with his strength and his athleticism, you put – Having those two guys who like, I haven't seen it this season yet, but Randall can fly up the court too. We saw that last season too. If you have two big guys in Obi and Randall flying up the court with the ball, both of them who can bring up the ball too, edges. How do you, in my mind, how do you just stop that for a few minutes just to get some offense going? And then you can just take one of those guys out and say, all right, back to our, our scheduled programming. Let's get some rim protection. I mean, I, I think that playing OB Randall at the five, four that's interchangeable. And I think it makes a lot of sense. We saw it earlier in the season and we saw it have a lot of success and yeah, we're going to get abused by opposing centers if they have them in the game. But in the Eastern conference, I don't really see a lot of dominant centers on a night to night basis that we're going to have to face. Like for example, the Hornets, are we worried about Mason Plumley? Like we're not worried about <laughs> Mason Plumley. Like we're worried about other guys like Bam getting and- boards. Yeah, but we're not worried about the centers that the East has to offer. And even in today's NBA, there's not a bunch of great centers across the league uh, that there were, you know, at one point. So I would just go with a small ball lineup. But I really do think that it's our perimeter defense that is most of the problem. And I feel like maybe we give Kemba a few more games. I say like we give him like five, six more games and then try to start IQ instead of Kemba, so we can have that defense. Because Kemba Walker, as much as he has a great reputation, what he is now is just not what the Knicks need. And I hate to bring this up because it hurts my heart to talk about it. Chicago, their free the free agency they had were getting Lonzo and DeMar. Lonzo, we knew, was kind of a perfect fit for us in terms of defensively what Thibodeau sorry, wants. And, and right now, Lonzo's having a... a a first team all defense type of season to start it off. He's going to make one of the defensive teams and the entire fan base ragged on DeMar DeRozan and not really wanting him. And now we see him having an MVP caliber season before he got to San Antonio. He was averaging close to 26, 27 points per game. And he showed that playmaking prowess. And then in San Antonio, he improved a lot as a playmaker, just thinking about having Lonzo and DeMar on this team, the scoring DeMar adds in a defensive versatility Lonzo 
of ads, it would have fixed a lot of problems for us and we would have gotten way better. But instead, we kind of settled for Kemba Walker and it was a homecoming. We bought into the narrative as fans and Fournier. I don't think Fournier is much of a problem. He is what he is. You know, he can handle the ball somewhat. He can shoot the ball. He can space the floor. He was brought in there to just shoot. We weren't expecting much out of him. I really think it's that point guard position that's kind of holding us back right now. And if IQ is better than Kemble right now, then start IQ. See, my thing, so to touch on, don't get me started on Lonzo Ball. I got I got, I got, got dragged through the mud for thinking that Lonzo was a point guard. Um, but what, the thing I have with DeRozan is that, yes, he improved in his playmaking. Yes, he's a scorer. My thing with DeRozan was always was he's going to fit on this team with the Knicks with two guys and Julius Randle and RJ Barrett who love to live inside the paint. He's shooting right now well from three. We'll see if that can last. That's always my concern is do you have a guy who can spread the floor for those two guys? DeMar, I think he's in the perfect situation out in Chicago. We're talking about four. We're talking about an entire five that can shoot from behind the arc. We don't have that here in New York. We have, you know, if Randall is not going to be that 40% shooter, RJ is not going to be that 40% shooter. We're talking then about maybe an average three-point shooting team. And that doesn't cut it. They were talking about Lonzo is having a career right now, shooting over 40%. Zach Levine shooting over 40% right now, two from three. And that's the other thing, we too. We don't have you, those you put, guys. Huh? Yeah, we don't have we don't those have guys. Those guys. Yeah. We do not have <laughs> those guys. And, and then if you're talking about De, DeRozan, he has it even easier because Zach Levine is just a bucket. Two years ago, top 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 eleven in scoring, and then he took it up another notch last season. We don't have those guys, so that was always that, the one thing with DeRozan is that he's on the a, a really good team that helps get that helps him really shine. And I said, I liked him going to the Bulls. Lonzo Ball, we want to talk about that. It's too early for me to start doing victory laps. I like Lonzo. I think he would have been the perfect guy for this team. And yeah, if there's a contract, I mean, there's a, if there's a contract to flip, it'd be Fournier and Lonzo because they're making the same amount. But that dude, for me, it's like it's not it's not really Kemba. Like I look at the contract, I look at the value. I that's and that's really how I gauge the player. It's like, what's the contract? What's the value? What are we expecting out of him? We just need him to be 75%. And it's still early. He could still turn it around. But I I don't know. It's uh, it's it for me. It's it's when I look at Fournier, who's getting paid. It's not. Yeah, he can do a little. Could do this and that. Yeah, if you're getting paid seventy five million dollar contract, I, I'm expecting fifteen points from you at minimum on a nightly basis. Yeah, it just. It, it, I mean, you I mean you're you're going through a lot of things here, right? Like the the Bulls having a good offseason has nothing to do with the Knicks. Like there's tampering charges that the NBA is going through for Lonzo Ball and the Bulls. Like there's there's no chance there. So like we're we're going in circles, but oh, you know, that's that like goes into like the whole typical like Knicks fan BS and and where I can agree with people that like hate on the Knicks fan base. Like the the it was a, the fix was in for Lonzo to the Knicks. It's over, right? And why DeRozan chose the Bulls over the Knicks? Should the Bull should the Knicks have gotten him? He would have clashed with RJ. Like we we like RJ would not have any room to develop if DeRozan is there. He'd be stealing all like we could kind of move Fournier away. We wouldn't be able to move DeRozan. You know what I mean? And say, all right, we're going to make room for RJ. Now we kind of can. But I, I, I think it, it's like you you kind of mentioned it at the end there where it has to do with the Knicks and how he could kind of become the Bulls, right? Because if we're saying that DeRozan is RJ and like we need that chance, maybe we all we need is that Lonzo. 
And I think you had it right. Like it's IQ. Like maybe the lineup change is putting IQ there. And if you give IQ a chance to run the pace, to run the offense, to actually play D and not think that he's going to get out of the game in eight minutes, you know what I mean? Or like he has to chuck up a shot here because he's about to get, you know, he's about to sit down like any of us would do or any, you know, self-respecting NBA player does uh, when you see, you know, when he looks up at the time. So like, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that IQ taking like, forget Kemba, yo, like forget D-Rose. Like, what do you think about IQ? Like our guy, our rookie, you know, taking the reins there. And then at the end of the day, you'll have IQ, RJ, Obi, and Randall, you know, on the floor, you know, at, at one point. And if you know that's the starting lineup and we're moving things around, like, what do you, how, how do you guys think, you know, the Knicks would do with that? I mean, I love IQ. And we know that IQ and Obi, they have a great relationship. So whenever they're on the court together, they mesh perfectly. I think he's a much, he's a much better defender than Kevin. There's no doubt about that. And he's a much consistent shooter. I know this year he's been on and off, but we, we know IQ can shoot. I mean, that's not even a question mark. Kemba is a volume shooter, and IQ is going to get into the paint much more. To your point about DeRozan and RJ, I think DeRozan would have helped out his game a lot in terms of just teaching him how to create his own shot. Like, I just think that would have helped this game tremendously, mm-hmm. but neither here or there. I think IQ helps out the Knicks tremendously. And, and to your point, Alex, about Kemba and his contract. I get that we didn't pay him too much, but when you're playing above 25 minutes per game, you're expected to have an impact on the court. And right now he has a negative impact on the court and it, it, it looks bad, you know, and if you're our starter, you have expectations. Like for example, Alfred Payne, he was getting the minimum with us and we, <laughs> we dragged his name through the dirt. It didn't matter. So, but we were paying him the minimum. So, you know, for the contract we were giving him, even though it was a minimum, we expected high point guard play. And I think we got to expect the same thing out of combo. It's fair. Those are, all fair. those are all fair points. I wasn't really dragging Alfred Payne like that as many of the fan base were, but I know. I mean, I mean the whole, all of us, I, dude. I was. I. I mean, we weren't dragging Payton. We wouldn't even like the way he sat on the bench, but we even liked his face for a little, for a couple. Yeah, of it got towards the end because he just, saw, like, he just didn't want to be here. Like, when I went to, why saw him in Boston? I was like, jeez, like you can't even just hang out with the team. You got to go all the way in the back. All right, whatever. Let, let, let me ask you a weird question. What would, What would you think about? I, I threw this out there, and I I still think it's kind of plausible. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but what What, what would you think of like Obi at the three? Like if we if we kind of imposed our will on teams where we go big and teams have to match us and we can run, you know what I mean? Like OB, Randall and Mitch, where it's not like they're like, you know, slow people that, you know, big centers that are just like occupying the paint. They can they can move all over the floor and then we can kind of just control tempo like that. Like, wh- How would you think teams would react to that? And do you think the Knicks would just implode on themselves like that? I, I don't know. I, I think. None of them occupy the same space besides obviously Randall and Obi, but that's the whole point from the beginning. I think that it would, it would, it's great to experiment. I mean, we saw the Cavaliers run out of, run out of lineup with Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and Lori Markinen, and nobody thought that was going to work, but it ended up, you know, they're, they're a very competitive team. Lori is, is injured right now, but when he was playing, he, he was good. And right now they're starting Dean Wade. I think that's his name, Dean Wade. And he's starting at three. He's like a six, nine power forward. So they're experimenting and they're doing just fine, but that's, more of a testament to just how great and gifted Mobley is as a defender. I mean, he's just out of this world. How I think teams will react to it. 
offensively, they're going to leave guys open. I mean, RJ shot 40% from three last year and players still leave him open. They don't trust his shot still. He still gets left wide open. Julius Rando, he's the only guy you really need to guard. IQ, you need to guard him. OB, players are going to leave him open. So they're going to clock the paint and collapse on Rando more than they would have if, you know, we have Fournier, IQ, and, you know, four floor spaces out there. But if we're on a small ball lineup, it could work. But that's how I think teams will react to it. Okay. Okay. And I'm I'm down to like experiment. You know, I think the difference is I would have Randall. I think he's more, I think he's more adaptable at the three. I think he's got the quicker feet. Cause I just go back to how he defended Kyrie trying to go into the paint last season. I think it was the second matchup against the Nets. And I was like, Oh, he's got quick feet like that. You know, maybe, uh, maybe we got something over here, but I would, I'd be down to see Randall at the three Obi at the four and uh, whoever at the five, whether it's Mitch, Taj, Noel, I think that would be an interesting lineup. But let's get into this upcoming weekly schedule that we got here so that we can get we can get some Jets question for you, Joel, uh, at the end to, uh, you know, make us all in our misery with us. You're uh, going to just you're not going to be just be with us with the Knicks, man. You're going to be miserable with us with the Jets as well. I'll be honest. I'm happy right now with the Jets and what they're doing. Oh my goodness! All right, we'll, we'll, all right, we're gonna talk there. We'll talk. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, let's talk about there. this let's upcoming this. home stand, bro. <laughs> let's let's start it off. So we got start in reality. You want to start in reality with the Pacers? <laughs> you, want start, you want to start with the Pacers tonight, or just we'd start yeah. with the? You want to start? This is going to come out on Wednesday. That's all right. Well, this better be a W anyway. We we, we beat the but, Pacers. Uh, let's we, go. We're, we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna yeah. Uh, hopefully this is a. It's right now forty three thirty nine. Knicks taking the lead right now. Uh, two minutes before the half. Hopefully the Knicks come out with a W and start off this week strong. Well, let's start off with the game that we're actually going to start on Wednesday. Joel, we face the Orlando Magic. This Wednesday, what do you got? You think the Knicks are going to get the W? What do you, you think is happening? I mean, we better. It's Orlando. I mean, uh, Orlando has been competitive. No shame. Shout out to the six-man show. They're awesome. They cover the Orlando Magic. Cole Anthony, Suggs, Wendell, Mo Bamba, and Franz. They're, they have, like, one of the best plus minuses we're on the, when they're on the court. But we went Love into Orlando, and we blew them out. Then they come into Madison Square Garden and they beat us. And that's another that's another gripe I have with the Knicks is that I feel like at home, as as loud as the garden is rocking, as much energy is in the building, they are just not playing great at home right now. And we we got to win those home games. It's the garden. Like we should we should win those home games. We so make Orlando, it tense, bro. We, we're there. We make it tense, bro. It's our fault. <laughs> like at the end of the day, like I'm I'm part of it. I know we make like it is so tense in there. Like if if Randall misses a shot, oh boo, like this and that, like. You have like guys in OKC that are like go like one for nine and they'll like get like standing ovations at the end of the game. You know what I mean? So we're, we're I, that's that, that's my only criticism of us in the garden. But I agree with you. Like even last year, like we were killing it in the garden, but there was no pressure on us. They're joking around post game. They're 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 having a good time. I don't know. I just don't feel that with this team. Is it is it all because of Theo Pinson, Alex? Ah uh, man. So, I don't know why Wayne Simmons <laughs> on this team. Bring back he would he would have maxed out Theo Pinson if Alex was if Alex is our GM. Theo would have got the max. Let's <laughs> keep true. it real. Orlando that that should be an easy win. It easy. should be okay. A win. okay. It should be fine. Rockets that should be another easy win. So three in a row. 
Yeah, but knowing the Knicks, Usman Garuba's going to go off for like 25. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Man. Sheesh. No, we're going to Garuba shooting threes. Uh, no, no. I, look, Alperin, I just don't like Alperin that it's at 5 o'clock. Alfred Shengun breakout game, bro. Wow. Alfred Shengun breakout game. Okay. Don't do this. That's not going to happen. Don't do this. Anyway, I, the, the Rockets, make, more, you, the I'll, Rockets I'll make you play. <laughs> Listen, the Rockets make you play like you're playing in the playground, like you're playing pickup. And like you play sloppy and they make you want to take, they make, they're going to make Kemba want to take ridiculous threes. Like I'm telling you guys right now, that's going to happen that game. I also don't like that. It's at five o'clock on a Saturday. Just weird. I don't know. Like Alex, you know how I feel about that with the, with the Knicks, especially like when they're off their clock, even a half hour, like when it's a seven start or like a six 30 instead of a seven 30, I'm like, it's over. Like we're not, we're not going to wake up until like halfway through the second. And by the time you know, we're going to be down 15. That's why we need to go back to those uh, matinee games at like one o'clock, man. We were good last year in those matinee games. (laughs) All right. So you got, you got, we were, so you got two W's at home. You got three W's in a row at home. So then we go for the, for the, one game road trip at, at your, I'm guessing, Eastern Conference favorite, Chicago Bulls. What do you got going on over there? That's my Eastern Conference favorite. Yeah, you're talking about oh. loving their free agency. Oh, uh, no, I got this. I got that. Yeah. I got the Nets. Let's keep that. Let's oh, keep that. Okay. Oh, That's right. a buck. I got the Nets. <laughs> Chicago's a sleeper, though, to, to for like the ECF, though, not, not the finals, but uh, yeah. yeah. We got to be Chicago, but Chicago's been playing great, and that's going to be a tough game. Last game, we beat them. They came back on us, though. We got to close out games better, but that's a winnable game, but that's a toss-up for me because Chicago is just playing excellent basketball right now. For sure, okay. for sure. I, All right, I mean, so let's, let, 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 let's wrap that Let's wrap that back and ask Alex how, how it's going to go, just leading up to that. Chicago game. So we got the we got the three game homestand, Alex. We got the Pacers, and then we got the beloved Magic with Cole Anthony slash Michael Jordan. In the I love the post game interview. I forget which game it was, but I love this post game. Yeah, he was he, he's killing. They do have chemistry, even though they barely have wins. That's why it's yeah, so yeah, fun. Yeah. They remind me of the Knicks from last year, but we actually had the wins. And then and then the Rockets, man. Three games in a row. This homestand. How do you see it going? I think I'm I'm in with I'm in agreement with Joel. It should be a three game winning streak, man. I think yeah. if the Knicks can pull out the win against Indy Indy tonight. I think the rest of this week is butter. And then Chicago's where we really get to that true. I don't see us being Chicago. I think Chicago's really on a hot streak. I know they just got their asses handed to them by the Warriors this past week, but that team can shoot. It all, but it all really depends too if Vooch is back. You know, I know we went to uh, safety protocols for COVID, but if he's back, that's going to be tough, man. If he's out, I think the Knicks have a better shot at uh, beating the Bulls again. Vooch really adds that dynamic nature to that team. Having five guys in the four that can shoot threes and you got to defend all of them, that's tough. This is a, this is a Sunday at 8 o'clock. Is this a prime time? Is this like on a... Is this like on ESPN or TNT or is this a normal game? If, it, uh, if it's Sunday, it's definitely on NBA TV if it's prime time. If it's prime time. It's, if it's, eight not, it's, it's, not. it's an interesting start. I don't know. See. I don't know. The Knicks scare me, man. The Knicks. Here's the thing. Like, well, I, I'm with you. Doesn't guys. Say the Knicks so. should it's... win these three games. Since when do the Knicks win games that they're supposed to win? You're right. You're right. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, we're supposed to lose versus the Bulls. That's the game we win. So I don't know. I, I, I the Rockets always play us pretty well at home. If we could sneak out, we're, we're all like kind of like asking for this Pacers win as a gimme. Uh, we're also kind of praying. I feel like we all kind of feel an L sneaking in here, but let's say we beat the Pacers 
I think we beat the Magic as well, especially as a, our revenge game. I think there's pride here. Like Cole Anthony's gonna get his ass beat. I'm pretty sure in the card. Like that, he ha- he's gonna be circled by Tim. He's gonna like circle his face on the board inside. He'd be like, this guy is not doing what he did to us last game. And then I think we we're off from Wednesday to Saturday. And then there's a random five o'clock versus the Rockets. That's an L, man. That's such a Knicks L. That's like a that's a game we're favored by like seven points and we lose by like fifteen. Is Jalen Green like, dropping thirty? That's exactly yo. That's it's so typical. Like Shangun, yeah, I see that. No problem. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. That's how I feel about that. So give me like two and one on this homestand. But then give me a W versus the Bulls, yo. Even if Vooch is back, if Vooch is back, that's even better. Off COVID, he's a little bit rusty. Like throw them off a little bit. Like uh, give me two and two. I like this. Two and two. Okay. Yeah. okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think the thing with me and just like I, I like that point about Vooch. Might actually have to. You should probably a wait business on trip. A business back, trip man. to Chicago. You know what I mean? Just like yeah, it's man. a one. It's a one game trip. The problem is we play on Saturday, so we're going to be heavily uh, have big heavy underdogs. You know, going into Chicago on a back to back. Especially if we lose versus the Rockets, like this is such a typical game. Like that, the in my opinion, that the that the Knicks could win for sure. And we got one more game because as the we Tibbs know, in we Chicago, this, I forgot. And yeah. D Rose in Chicago, yo, this is a W. Well, <laughs> I think I think the Bulls want that revenge though because we beat them on their home court. I think they want to show us on on their home court. We got one more game we got to cover before we finish up the week because this comes out on Wednesdays. We got the Lakers, baby. Lakers coming to town that week. Week of Thanksgiving. How are we feeling? Who's playing? Who's playing? I got the Lakers. Um, no matter who's Russ. Uh, well, Russ is going to play. I think Russ is going to play. AD's probably going to play. Wait, wait. Russ is going to play. So does that mean Lakers are going to win or lose? They're going to win. Positive. And THT is back too now. THT. Right. He, he's okay. Look, I know that people. You know, they love to make memes about THT. He's not the star that Lakers fans think he is, but he's not the bum that fans think he is. He's nice somewhere fact. in the middle. He's a solid player. That's so THT fact. is back. Malik Monk has been playing well. Wayne Ellington is back in the lineup, so it gives them floor spacing. Look, the Lakers. But, yo, they, what's this guy talking about? We have they Anthony, got Anthony Davis, Davis and LeBron James. If they're playing, I'll take the Lakers. If they're not playing, I'm taking the Knicks. Talk about Russell Westbrook and, and Horton Tucker. Come on, bro. Russell Westbrook. This is all about LeBron and AD. If Russell playing, Westbrook. I take the Russell Westbrook. I would love for him to play. He I would, would be the best player on the Knicks right now. He's going to go four for 23. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. He what goes, Russell Westbrook he, are you watching? He'll do that and get 10 rebounds and 15 assists. Oh, 100, oh 100%. He's going to have 37 rebounds in Madison Square Garden. That's a fact. That's a fact. Look at his numbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like Westbrook. He's he's on, he's had a good streak so far. He usually starts picking up towards the end of the season, though. That that's my thing. Westbrook usually comes around after the All Star break, so it's not. I think the Knicks can. Get, it depends. At, once again, who's playing? AD is not playing. I'm counting that one as a win, especially if LeBron's not playing too. Counting that as a win. It's more so if LeBron. If, if by the way, LeBron. LeBron is playing, everyone knows LeBron's coming back for Madison Square Garden. And he's going to yeah. come back strictly for this game. He's conditioning for this game. He's, he's going to come be, back for MSG with Melo and everybody. And, th- and, and they're all there Brooklyn, on the court. And he's going to play Kevin Durant. It's gonna, I forgot gonna, about Melo. Yeah, Melo's going to have a big time game. That's what I'm saying. They're gonna he's be ready been going to go. crazy. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be ready to go. He's not, he's not defending anyone, but he's been shooting. Yeah. 
He's been knocking him down for sure. He's been knocking him down for sure. But all right. All right. So I, I I need the I need the positive spin on the New York Jets, man. Like where well, I I I can't hold it any longer. This guy's happy with the New York Jets. Yeah, yeah me, I, I need to hear this too, man. Uh, what, what's going on here? You feel the same pain I did. You feel the same cold on your face as I did. You feel the same misery watching uh, every single Bills player, especially n- that starts with the number eight wide open. You see the you see Mike White literally throwing to linebackers. Like what? What? Tell me, tell me what made you happy right now. Tell me why you're happy. So two weeks ago, uh, Mike White plays against the Bengals. Has a fantastic game statistically because. Because 334 of his yards were on throws 10 yards or less. Average depth of target of four yards. Dink and dunk cookout. I mean, literally, he was just throwing short passes the entire game. Jets fans, the media, beat reporters, anoint him as the next Hall of Famer. Oh, this guy is Tom Brady. 20 He's years in the later. Hall of Fame. 20 years later, they're like, oh, Drew Bledsoe 20 years ago got hit and Brady came in. And now fast forward, Zach Wilson gets hit and Mike White comes in. All these narratives. Connor Hughes was pushing it the most, though. Connor Hughes was pushing it the most. Then against the Colts, he starts the game off good. And even before that game, I said, oh, my God, I hope Mike White doesn't play good. I can't take this narrative. I was annoyed by the narrative because Zach Wilson, he's my guy, 100%. He was my number one ranked quarterback in the draft when I was watching him in college. That's my guy. So then I said this versus the Bills. Mike White's going to get embarrassed and we're going to forget we even talked about him against the Bills. I was at the game. You know, I tried to root for Mike White. I was mostly trolling. I was screaming out his name, you know, whatever. Throws four interceptions. At least the game that Zach threw four interceptions versus the Patriots. One of them wasn't on him when Corey Davis, the ball went through his hands. It was intercepted by J.C. Jackson. Yeah, two of them. You're right. Because one of them, he threw to Corey and J.C. I mean, he just beat him to the ball. That, that's really what it was. Mike White, all four were bad picks. All four of them. Horrible. So horrible. Absolutely this, horrific. This fake quarterback controversy that was brewing is finally dead. The narrative has died. Connor Hughes tweeted it was fun while it lasted. So he's off that bandwagon. And, but I was mostly annoyed because I felt like the coaching staff made the game very simplistic for Mike White. You know, people will say that those plays were there when Zach was playing. They really weren't like Zach Wilson really had a he had to throw bombs down the field. And I, I'm just happy the Mike White narrative is dead. It's gone. I only want the Jets to win if Zach Wilson is my quarterback, at least <laughs> this year. I only want them to win if Zach Wilson is my quarterback. He's probably going to come back against Miami. They're a very good man coverage team. That's going to be tough. Our receivers have to start playing better. I mean, Corey Davis, he was never a wide receiver number one. He's wide receiver number two. And he he got no separation on Sunday. Uh, I'll give this to Mike White. Nothing was open. They played man the entire game and nothing was open. So I'll give Mm -hmm. that to Mike White because Zach Wilson would have had like three picks in that game too. Exactly. But nothing was open against Miami. They're gonna. That's a tough team. They blitz a lot. They showed a lot of zero blitz. Uh, zero zero blitz looks. Um, against yep. the Ravens. We'll mm-hmm. see how Zach handles that if he plays or not. But like I said, I only want the Jets winning if, if Zach Wilson is my quarterback. That's that's the only reason why I don't want Mike White winning. I don't want this narrative to keep on circulating. And honestly, we know the Jets 
we weren't coming into the season thinking we were going to be competitive. You know, we got to get a franchise altering player and the Jets do this every year. We, we start out the season and we suck. Then in the middle of the year, we get meaningless wins against top teams. Like watch us beat the Buccaneers, you know, later on. That watch would be amazing. I don't care. But I, at that point, <laughs> that's about pride. And that's, that's not more than a game. <laughs> if we could beat Thomas, I'd be very that's happy. That's our Super Bowl, that. baby. If that happens, that's our Super Bowl. <laughs> like, we're, you know, we we win these meaningless games and then we go back and draft position. I'm all in on getting Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. That's who I want. We need a corner. We need yeah. that and getting another edge rusher. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind a wide receiver. If, if I was drafting, I'm getting Derek Stingley Jr. and I'm getting Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. You know, we need more receivers. And Crowder is on his way out. Elijah Moore is going to be that slot. We need another outside threat to pair up with Corey because Corey is a two. He's not yeah. a one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listen, man, I, I agree. And I, I appreciate that you're done with the Mike White insanity era, you know, a, a, as am I, but the only thing I'll differ with you is I'm happy that we beat the Bengals. Like I'm happy we got that one win without Zach Wilson, right. Without a quarterback that would say, look here, we can do it. And like you said, it wasn't because Mike White was Aaron Rodgers for the day. It was because we schemed it up. So that's a positive. That, you know, that means we can do it. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that this, the actual Jets can do it, right? Something that Alex has been begging for all year long. And it just happened to show up against the best team in the league at the moment. The Bengals were the best team in the league, and we beat them. And with our backup quarterback, so pretty nice. He got smacked in Buffalo, as we all knew it was going to happen. It really was not for anybody involved. My issue is, I, I agree with everything you said. Like with with the, we're gonna win meaningless games. It's gonna drop us back. We do have two first round picks. That's kind of fun, but I don't think we're tanking as of yet. My whole issue, though, is not even with the whole narrative. Like with Mike White, with Zach Wilson, with all the stuff. It's with the defense, bro. We don't have a linebacker that can cover a single soul. We don't have yeah. a safety. So yeah. like, like. That's why, like, yes, I can, I can, I can talk myself into, like, as Alex makes fun of me, like, I'd be the positive guy. I can be, you know, happy about Zach Wilson coming in. I can be happy about draft picks. But when I watch the defense, all I want to do is throw up. That's literally all I want to do. I just want to throw up. So you don't think we're going to be able to handle this Dolphins zero blitz and horrible offensive line? I tend to disagree. I think this is a game the Jets could win. This is a meaningless game the Jets could win. This is an easy game we could win. The problem is, man, what the hell are we going to do on the defense? Like, if if one of you can give me the answer to what the Jets are going to do on defense, like, God bless you. The Dolphins don't have a quarterback, and we still are not going to be able to cover him. This is a get-right for the, for the Jets and the Dolphins, this is a get right game for both teams for either the Dolphins offense to finally click or the Jets defense to finally click. That's what we got coming up. And it, I don't know. Honestly, both these teams are just they're wild cards. They're legitimate wild know. cards in the sense of like, <laughs> I have no idea what could happen. It can go either way. You know, hopefully the Jets come out and you see Zach Wilson play well and you move the ball up and down the field against his team because the Dolphins offense is just struggling, meaning the defense has got to be out there longer and they're getting tired. Hopefully that's what happens. Conversely, hopefully the Jets can actually freaking defend something for once and t- take advantage of a team that has no quarterback. But 
we won't know. I honestly can't, I, you can't predict these two teams for, for the life of me. Just stay away. If uh, this is right. John, I would not even put a bet on this game. I'm looking at your face. Cause I I'll know give you, you <laughs> I'll give you three predictions right here. Perfect. Actually, I'll, I'll give you three takes. Joel right speaks here, my language. Joel speaks my language. Let's go. These are what three takes. Number one, the Dolphins are winning. That's that's number one. Uh, Tua is going to have a great game against Jets defense, possibly. And their defense that's is going to take. show up. Their, their defense is going to show up. Now, number two, talking about the defense, you're right. It's been absolutely abysmal. Rex Ryan called out Robert Sala today. And then Robert Sala Which responded. Yeah, you know, Rex Ryan, the team, he didn't build the team. He already yeah. had Darrell. He already exactly. had these great players. So Robert Sala in San Fran, when he when the team started to get built on defense, that's when they had success. You can't have success with trash players. And right now we got a lot of trash players on defense. That's just what it is. We paid John Franklin Myers and he's disappeared since getting paid. You know, he and I, I'm glad that he got paid, but you got to perform. That that's you got to do that. Losing Carl Lawson for the season hurt us a lot. It set us back a lot. We were supposed to have a top 15 defensive line in football and losing Carl Lawson. It really set us back. CJ Mosley. He's not who he once was. And then outside of him, Gerard Davis got hurt. So we really even we haven't seen him. I like Ashton Davis, but we know he's not a game changer. Marcus May. He's on a safe start. It's not a safety, bro. Yeah. He's a special teamer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will say this. I like our young corners. I like Michael Carter the second. I like mm-hmm. Bryce Hall. Gidry, he's fast, but he gets beat a lot. But we're really just that we need just one corner, one like solid star corner. And I think that could be Derek Stingley Jr. Now for my third take, there's things to be optimistic about. I mean, we have these two first round picks that Joe Douglas this past draft. I mean, he, he hit on Elijah Moore. He hit on AVT so far. I call him ADT because he's maximum protection. And <laughs> I love that. And Mike Carter is good. Michael Carter the second was good. Jamie and Sherwood, like, you know, these other guys are washes and stuff like that. But I Achilles. Think, yeah, I think that, you know, Joe Douglas has shown that he can draft somewhat well. And as long as he hits on the most important pick, which we already picked with the second overall pick in Zach Wilson, then we got a bright future. I think Zach's going to be the guy. I know that a lot of the fan base is not really sold on him. He's thrown four touchdowns and nine picks, but it's coming. It's coming. I agree. I it's agree. Coming. Dude, honestly, nothing makes me more confident than the fact that Jets fans are off on him. That makes me the most guy. The fact that media is off on him and everybody's so off on, on Zach Wilson and Joe Douglas and the Jets, and we That's pay attention to literally every single move they make. Like, we are That's hypercritical. I'm telling you. And there's nothing to be hypercritical about. They've been doing everything fine. And I don't do I think that... I, listen, I, the Jets are covering three and a half. I don't care what any of you say. The Jets are covering three and a half this weekend. I'll if call Zach the Jets plays, win later. The cover three plays, yes. If Zach plays, yes. I He's hope playing. he plays. I mean, if Flacco plays, does it make a difference? Tua sucks, bro. I don't care. The thing is, Gasecki's going to have 200 yards and two touchdowns. That's my only issue. <laughs> uh, if Flacco plays, that's going to be competitive. Because okay. Flacco's, not, Flacco's not good, but he's just a veteran quarterback that can run the offense. So the offense is going to get moving. We saw it last year. I mean, when Sam Donald went out, Joe Flacco was tremendously better than him. It wasn't even close. When Joe Flacco was out there, he was better than Sam. So this is just in. Joel thinks Flacco is elite, Alex. <laughs> Lee Flacco. 
<laughs> Alex was so Alex would have, was going to blow a gasket when we traded for Joe Flacco. Okay, whatever. We can. I don't want to end on Joe Flacco. All I'll say is this: Mike White thing was entertaining. We at least had something entertaining as a storyline throughout the season. Now we can go back to our schedule programming as just being hopeful Jets fans. We have an easy schedule, bro. We have an easy schedule. It's funny because I was watching. I was on YouTube and I was watching this. top NFL quarterback controversies, something that NFL Network made a while ago. And I'm just like, man, if they remade this today, Zach Wilson and Mike White would have been there. <laughs> yeah. So sad, huh? Facts. Oh, man. <laughs> but, Joel, what are, thank you for coming on the pod, man. Let our listeners know where they can find you work. <laughs> yeah, uh, you could follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Joel V. Moran. It's all the same at name. I made it really simple for people. And on YouTube, Pick Aside Podcast on TikTok, Instagram at Pick Aside Podcast. On Twitter, it's at Pick Aside Pod because they took the cast, so we couldn't do that. But yeah, that's <laughs> where you guys can find me at. Awesome. It was a blast being on here. You guys are amazing. And we got to do this again sometime, man. This was really dope. Absolutely, Absolutely man. And yo, if you're at back. the games, bro, we gotta we gotta link up with the games. I'm yeah, going facts. to the Knicks and Nets game at Barclays Center, though. Oh, okay. And then yeah. my next my next planned Knicks game is Knicks Bulls. But if 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 I anything comes in between, I'll let you know. Barclays. I was gonna yo, go. I went to, to Barclays. Game. I went to the home opener for the first time ever. So I know, like, to the Barclays Center. I went to Barclays uh, Nets Hornets. Dude, it's straight up YMCA it's in there. It's bro. dead. It's bro. the worst. It's dead. They have that little yeah. weird section with like people yeah. just yelling, dude. They're weird. <laughs> I went to I went to Game Seven Nets versus Bucks this past this past playoffs. Yeah. It was loud. Not gonna lie, but it wasn't as loud as like a first round Knicks game at MSG. Oh, nothing. No nothing. way. It doesn't. It probably wasn't as loud as our home opener this year. Man, I was gonna go to the Knicks and Bulls game December second, but yeah. I looked at the prices. They shot up. Like I, w- I looked at them like a couple weeks ago. They were like fifty five dollars for pretty good seats. Now they're like two hundred for the seats that I was that I originally wanted. Listen, listen, and if if, if you're still listening on this pod, you're I'll, you're allowed to get this advice. And Joel, let me tell you how to get Knicks tickets, man. As soon as they drop, go to Ticketmaster and just buy them face value. Just buy them. Forget StubHub. Forget all that nonsense. Like that's for last minute stuff. People just drop it. But yo, if you go to ticket, like I just bought face value, like row three tickets. They're like 300 bucks, like no problem. You know what I'm trying to say? It's not like there's nothing crazy about it. It's not like, oh my God, I'm sitting so low. I just bought it from the Knicks. They don't sell it for $6,000 like the guy on Subhub does. So yeah. next time, yo, if, 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 like, if you're trying to go to a game, like for example, if you're still listening, you're, you're about to really know, get the real scoop because the March games are still on sale. So you can get a bunch of the March games, which is again, Hornets, Bulls, about the same teams, and they're going to be competitive games, Portland, and uh, you can get some good seats for some uh, good uh, face value. So just oh, some tidbits here some, if you made it all the way to the end. Yeah, I'm definitely taking get, that get, advice. Get some free <laughs> advice from John over here on how to attend games. And on that note, thank you everyone for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. You know what to do. If you listen to this pod and Apple podcast, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and to leave a comment. It helps us out also greatly. On top of that, if you don't have Apple podcasts, it's okay. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. On top of that, we're also on YouTube. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to hit the like button. Hit that notification bell. That way you can see our beautiful faces, okay? Also, while you're over there, Let's make sure it. to check out Winning Picks Weekly. They, you got John and Greg doing an awesome NFL show, and they're about to start an NBA show as well. 
On top of that, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, we're there. All right, everyone, we'll catch you later this week for another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, Etc. podcast. All right, let's go Knicks.